0: Yes, sir. We promised you a great minute here tonight. running. It's still <laughs> M-m-m-m-m-m. still rooted. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh,
1: I'm
0: sorry.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Oh, oh. Sweet, sweet. Peter Rosenberg. Shout out to that guy, I like the delicious chicken. It was Rappah. It was Rappah.
1: It's professional, it's professional wrestling. Wrestling. Welcome to the shoot, arrow baby.
0: M- 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 Today is the beginning oh. of the shoot era of GP. I agree. The only way to have fun is to take the gloves. Screw it. Oh. If I offend them, oh well. I love wrestling, uh, so damn it! I am not giving up the podcast. Oh, Hell no! I'm doubling down and going the other way. Oh my! Goodness. F- it, bring it on. Well, you hear that sound? You know what it is? It's time for cheap heat. I am Peter Rosenberg in New York City. The, the Repug, uh, soon to be even more hot and Repug, New York City. Ew,
1: Yo, you're a Pug. Yeah.
0: And in Philadelphia today, uh, I'm guessing we'll also be Repug there, Stat Guy Greg. The physically... 100%. Is it already Repug? Is it Has it been like rainy and hot?
1: It has been rainy and hot. So I, I feel like we're getting a lot of the same Repugness.
0: But listen to your voice. You don't sound nearly as Repug as you did last week.
1: Ew, Yo, you're a Pug. Oh yeah, no, I was on death's door last week. Um, I still kind of feel like I have to have a coughing fit here or there, but, uh, you know, that's the only thing that's annoying about it is, I mean, if I'm going to die, I would just like to do it quietly. What last week was just absurd.
0: Listen, yeah, it was very, you were the graveyard dog last week. You were the graveyard dog, but you are, but you are back and, um, a lot to get down to today. In the world of pro wrestling, SGG, we have a. You and I have to have a, a debate, an argument, yeah, a serious conversation. Um, that we will get to. We will start out. I, well, go ahead. Sorry,
1: I didn't know that the shoot arrow was going to have us shooting at each other. I mean, but uh, I
0: don't think you know. Listen. Welcome to the shoot arrow, baby. You know. This is where we are.
1: That day has come.
0: The day has come. (laughs) come. And shout out, shout out to everyone who on last week's episode listened all the way through Gabe Sapolsky and heard me yelling at Bear in the middle of it. (laughs) That was a real Easter egg for those that listened to the entire episode. And we will get to mailbag today, so don't you, don't you fear that. Um, SGG, what's going on outside the ring?
1: So in some unfortunate news, um, over the weekend, Jeff Hardy was arrested for public intoxication. Um, it was reported by TMZ, and uh, they've since updated the story to say that um, he was passed out in a public stairwell, and that's where he was found um, by police officers who arrested him on Saturday.
0: This is uh, there's no doubt about it. This is um, this is an upsetting story. Um, it's just a bummer with everything he's been through um, that that he's still dealing with this. You know, I mean, it's this is a real man. Addiction is a real mf'er, um, and alcohol addiction is whew, a real, real tough one. And uh, it's a bummer, man. It's just a bummer. You know, it's it's good that. I guess, I mean, I guess we don't know what level of clean Jeff has been, and I I don't like to speculate about people's personal lives, but, you know, I don't know if he was just staying out of trouble and was doing better and was not the mess he used to be. You know, it's possible he's kind of been living in some middle ground where, yeah, he's not drinking before shows and he's not, but he's still drinking and he, he just had a day where things got out of control, but. I really hope he figures it out, man. He's still a young man. We forget that because these guys who have been around forever, they seem old. They're not old. They're young men.
1: Exactly. and Have a lot more that's life. That's what I was thinking about, too, because, like, Jeff Hardy's been wrestling for, like, 20-something years, I want to say. Yeah. It's been a long time, yeah. at least definitely since the 90s. But um, And I thought about it. He's sort of like a child actor in that way, in that, like, we've been seeing him for so long that, like, we don't know what's been – going on, like, behind the scenes. We just see these reports, and the, we get the unfortunate news, but we don't know. Like, we're not completely on that journey with him. Th- and it's just, like, he's been in it so long, man, like, since, I want to say 16
0: Yeah, I th- on the WWF. I think, I think his first match in WWF was, like, a Superstars taping when he was 16. I feel like it was, like, you know, 92 or something. You know, yeah. 93. I'm more mean, talking about it. So... Yeah, you do the math, because yeah, he's in his he's he's in his mid forties now, right? So that's about right. right. Yeah, he's forty one. He's forty one. If he debuted at sixteen, nineteen, you're the you're the stack guy, Greg. What does that make it?
1: Yeah, his his debut um, on Wikipedia is listed at nineteen ninety four.
0: Ninety four. Okay, so ninety four. He had that Superstars match. So he's been in front of our eyes forever, and him and Matt have both been through their share of stuff, and. You know, he's got the addiction issue. He's got the pain management issue. There's there's a lot of stuff there. So, um, I love that guy. He was a guest a year ago when we did our SummerSlam yeah. event and just, just a great guy. So, sending our best out to Jeff Hardy. Hope he figures it out.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Finn Balor reportedly, this is according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, requested two months off. So, um, I'm not sure when he's going to go on vacation, but it looks like he's going to be taking a break from uh, WWE. Wow, that soon. that
0: sister Abigail really did it to him, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he lost his championship, so he's, like the slate is clean. like the, the, the path is clear for him to take a little bit of a break.
0: Oh, yes, he did lose his championship. You wouldn't have seen it, though, if you just watched the pay-per-view because it was on the kickoff show, but we'll get to that later in our debate. Um, wow, all right. So I guess, I guess, cause a lot of people were speculating like, oh, here we go again. Finn and Bray have already done this, but I, they are not doing it again. So, um,
1: or they may and it just might be some decisive thing. Cause we don't, I don't know if he's going to go on his break after SummerSlam or if it's already
0: right. Okay. So they could be, they could he's... be, they could be working to SummerSlam and then after SummerSlam goes away till Survivor Series or something or yeah. Hell in a Cell, whatever the next one.
1: But I mean, you know, kudos to him for for recognizing that he he needs a break and and taking a good amount of time off. Because I mean, two months will bring him back in time for Survivor Series.
0: Oh yeah, plenty. So because um, SummerSlam is only August 11th this year, it's super early. Oh, by the way, it is official, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I will be posting on my social media in the next few days at Rosenberg. At Radio. Rosenberg, Radio. That's right, and at Stack guy Greg. We will be posting the ticket link information. Sunday, August eleventh, SummerSlam Sunday. We will be at Legends. We're going to do a podcast before SummerSlam. Tickets will be twenty five bucks to come to the live podcast. Um, And for that, you also stick around, watch SummerSlam with us, hang out. So um, I will. It's going to be. I'll get you the link. You'll probably be able to Google. You know, by the time you hear this or shortly thereafter. You know, Peter Rosenberg SummerSlam Eventbrite, because the tickets will be on Eventbrite, um or Cheap Heat, whatever, you'll be able to find it. Um shout out to the Jobber Tears podcast. Um they were having an event and they asked uh, us to be a part of it. Originally I was just going to be like hosting their SummerSlam viewing, but then we Greg and I talked and said, Can we make it happen? So we're gonna do a live podcast. My guess is we'll do it around five thirty. Uh the pay per view will start at seven. So, you know, you come at five thirty. Stay, have dinner, drinks, watch the whole SummerSlam pay-per-view. It should be a really good time. So all of the peckerheads in New York, legends, SummerSlam Sunday. I hope you come out. Should be a good time, SGG.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to
0: it. It'll be fun. All right, what else you got?
1: And um the last thing I have here is a uh, fight for the fallen news. Talk to me. Britt Baker seemed to suffer a concussion And this is according to a post that she made on Twitter. That's Doctor. That's Doctor
0: Britt Baker, to you,
1: Doctor Britt Baker. Yeah, excuse me. She's she's a dentist, so like she's definitely been in school far too long for me to just be calling her Britt Baker. Right.
0: That's so that is a DMD.
1: Very appropriate uh, correction there. But yes, Doctor Baker suffered a concussion at the hands of B Priestley um, on their kickoff show, the buy-in, and. I gotta say too, when you watch it happen, that was sort of egregious, you know, on the way she, on whose part? On Priestley's part, really, Priestley. Yes, because like, you know, I didn't watch the the buy-in at first because you know it was a kickoff show, and so I'm like, you know, I thought of it in the same way that you think of you know the Nia Jacks incident or the. Um, Brie Bella incident Or even like you know the Sasha Banks Page incident where like you know The wrestling is a freak accident Because Nia Jax took a blind swing Liv Morgan sort of leaned into Brie Bella's kick There's you know arguments to be made But on this one Dr. Baker is just prone And the first thing Priestley does Is kick her in the head And it Like it looks It looks bad
0: Yeah, it's just I was I was most and I watched most of that match, too. And I got to go back and see that because I don't think I actually um, gave it its due that moment. So it's the
1: first thing Priestley does. And then, um, you know, Dr. Baker's trying to get out of the ring. Is that when she tags the wrong person? Oh, before that, it makes so much sense why that would happen now is because she's like she's loopy.
0: And you thought at first she just went to the first Asian person she saw, didn't you?
1: I'm pretty sure everybody thought that.
0: <sighs>
1: I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. I saw a couple of the of a uh, you know they all look alike tweets. Um,
0: no, and in fact, is, she was actually concussed. To so anyone who said that, you are a bad guy. Yeah. Although they they, they also were. Wearing like basically all white, and if you were in a rush and just turned and looked, you could still run to the wrong corner. Um Yeah. Okay. Anything else, SGG
1: No, that was it. So I just, I guess, want to wish Dr. Baker well because she's she's talented, man.
0: Yeah. No. No. She's a she's Harley. a big part of what they're doing with the women's division AEW. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, she she'd be the one like the championship committee should throw the belt on or the title, excuse me, if if it were me. Um, but. You
0: know, we'll see. Um, real quick, before we get into everything else, let me take a second to shout out Vivid Seats. Okay. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans to all the entertainment you want, whether it's WWE, whether it's AEW, whether it's sports, whatever you're trying to go see, Vivid Seats helps fans find those seats. Okay. It's super duper easy. Vivid Seats has amazing prices, easy purchasing experience. This is the way to go. And right now we have our own code, HEAT. Yes, all our Cheap Heat listeners can get 10% off your first purchase at VividSeats.com if you use our code HEAT. So what you should do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. And if you're a new customer, type in that code HEAT and you will receive 10% off your order. So go get that app, use the code HEAT, get 10% off and go see whatever event you want. Maybe you want to go buy tickets to SummerSlam in Toronto. Whatever it is you want to do, do it with Vivid Seats and the code HEAT. Today. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. All right, SGG, let's get into the weekend that was. What is it that you and I initially disagreed about?
1: So I felt like everybody was on the same page just about the quality of the wrestling that we got um, this weekend. And then you came into the Jewel Daughter right around the the end of the Braun Strowman Bobby Lashley match. Yes. Which I, I loved. And that's when I started to notice um, that things might be amiss <laughs> a little bit because. So,
0: so you loved you you loved the pay per view in general. You thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go on record right now and just come out the gate and say that for me, Extreme Rules was the best show of the weekend. Um, I watched I watched the AEW show Fight for the Fall, and I watched that twice just to make sure I got an unbiased I I saw everything that I needed to see. I even went back and watched their buy-in. Um I watched the Evolve show and I watched the the pay-per-view and for me Extreme Rules was like the clear best show of the weekend.
0: So okay, a couple of things. Number 1, I can't believe you thought Extreme Rules was great. Um I thought it was average at best and uh, I will also say, because I know a lot of our listeners are probably thinking this right now, even if you watched AEW Fight for the Fallen twice, I still don't think you could say you're unbiased because I do think you have a slight chip on your shoulder about Fight for the Fallen.
1: No, not at all. He, like, Listen, here. I, I'm not unbiased, but I am biased towards the company that entertains me the most. And for me, this weekend... AEW just gets a silver medal in that category. Meanwhile, WWE, with Extreme Rules, I really think that they knocked it out of the park. And not only was that a great pay-per-view, I think that was one of the best pay-per-views they put on this year. Separate debate. Separate conversation. But in terms of the shows this weekend, um, yeah, for me, Extreme Rules was it. And I don't, I mean, Fight for the Fallen. While I enjoyed parts of it, there were some glaring things that that I didn't like. Um, They really need to work on their time management. Uh, That check presentation at the end was a little weird for my taste. The the refs are useless, but when you take away those things, it was a decent show. Not enough to push it into great territory for me, No, but I enjoyed it.
0: Okay, well, let's start here. I don't think Fight for the Fallen was great. I thought it was good, and I think that... AEW's in a weird place right now because the only shows they have to run are these sort of specials. Um, I don't think it's intended to be their highest level pay-per-view. Um, I think hopefully we'll see that at all out. Um, it was definitely flawed. I agree with you about the refs being useless. Um, there, it's still a spot fest constantly. Um, And the matches and show is overall too long. So you have a crowd that ends up sitting on its hands late because it's just too much. And I don't like them getting into that territory this early. I don't think they need to, you know, like avoid flaws that you can easily avoid. It's very, it's easily avoidable to run a show that's too long. Um, my biggest thought was like we came away. Lashley-Strowman had a pretty good match, but I thought the end was so whack on so many levels. (laughs) I thought the finish, those crash pad finishes are so dumb to me at this point. And that one was unusually dumb because you couldn't even see where they landed. And I I was surprised that Philly started the holy-ish chant when, you know, What was holy-ish about it? They jumped off of something onto a pad where you couldn't see them land. The camera then accidentally showed Strowman already getting up and moving. And then the ref, who couldn't – you talk about useless refs. The ref could not see them and just started counting them both down. I mean, come on. What do you mean, come on? Why didn't the ref go up and look to see them down? How can you count them both down if you can't see
1: he did just watch them drop off the balcony, and to to defend the holy ish chance, I think being in the arena, they get different things that we don't get in on TV. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, people in that section might not have been impressed, but for people at other parts of the arena, especially on the opposite side where you just watch them drop into a space and then don't get up, I could see how that can be uh, be a bit exciting.
0: Listen, I, I just—I'm not saying the crash pad thing doesn't work sometimes. When Shane drops fifty feet onto a crash pad, okay, that's holy ish. When two guys drop like ten feet and you don't really know how far they dropped because you don't even see the bottom, um, I just don't. That does not excite me. And then like Braun coming out was so obvious. Now they—they they worked a good match up till then. I did enjoy most of it. I just thought we talked about last week. How are you going to outdo Raw a couple weeks ago? And here's the answer. You're not going to. And you and they didn't. So like, let me get just, this
1: right. The, the ending of that match, the last 25 seconds of that match ruined the entire match for you?
0: I mean, the end of a match can ruin a lot of the match for me. And I really, in that case, I ended up coming away feeling like, okay. Braun jumped off onto a, onto a pad and we didn't see it. I just, I got no excitement from it. And then that lack of excitement was matched at the end of the show when Braun, when, when Brock cashes in and I just don't have an interest. I don't have an interest in Brock cashing in and being champion again, even though I know that's where we're going. And then that was made even worse on Monday, a raw that I did enjoy actually. Um, but at uh, the battle royal, I found myself really rooting for Randy Orton and it felt like seeing Randy and Brock would have been fresh. And instead we get Seth and Brock again. Are you excited to see Seth and Brock again headlining at SummerSlam?
1: No, I mean, at this present moment, no, I am not, but I, I think that by the time we get there, we'll be excited for it. But right now I don't, I don't it doesn't move me um too much
0: um i'll i'll a... say now and also i'll say this as far as you de- declaring that extreme rules was the best event of the weekend we come into it starting from a place that is w- we're most familiar with WWE there are the most characters we like in WWE um i don't know most of the people on AEW i know like 40% of the people really so You know, I go into and I don't and I don't know the stories. I don't because I don't even watch the YouTube. They don't have
1: any. (laughs) They don't.
0: Well, I think I think it's a little unfair. Like we we probably should be watching all of their YouTube videos because that's the only thing they have right now to tell stories. Um, Not that the stories are that great. I think even if we did watch those. But I just think that you start in such a place of bias because inherently we're more connected to the WWE product. It's produced better. There's more money spent on it. Although I will say I thought the look of Fight for the Fallen was awesome. I thought the amphitheater looked great. Yeah, I thought so too. It was a really cool look. And I'll tell you what, if WWE's idea was – And you know, I I think it's really cool that they ran Evolve and I think it's a good look. And I could argue that it's really cool that they didn't tinker with it and they let it really feel like an indie show. However, by running it up against AEW, instead of trying to be like, oh, let's make, let's make AEW, let's show that AEW is really just meant to run up against our Evolve. It's not even meant to run up against NXT. I think all they did was make AEW look clearly and decidedly not indie. Whether you liked the show or not, you would have to agree, Greg, that you, you watch what Evolve looked and sounded like from a production standpoint, an overall feel. Whether you liked the show better or not for the in-ring wrestling, that's on, that's up to everyone to decide. Honestly, once I watched Evolve and saw like, The way it felt, I wasn't really interested in watching an indie show like that. Everyone knows I'm not that into indie-looking shows like that anymore. I had a time. I probably was turned off from being to too many of them and just find them kind of boring. So, like, A, I don't know the stories well on Evolve. I don't know the stories well on AEW. At least AEW feels like a big show. I thought that as a result of running them up against each other, they absolutely proved – that AEW is not competing with shows like Evolve. They're competing with WWE.
1: Uh, I don't know. I feel like they AEW definitely looked better than bigger than Evolve, but I think that was part of the 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 issue with all this hullabaloo when um, the Evolve show was announced. where, like people people found it weird that AEW was even bothered that an Evolve show was going up against them because yeah, AEW. While I don't think that it's, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're not in India. they don't have an indie look because they definitely looked it definitely looks smaller than what we got on Sunday from WWE and even what we get on Mondays and Tuesdays, but it looked bigger than Evolve for sure, which I think was part of the reason people were so like confused by that. That response to evolve, which is like you guys are clearly a cut above. You're not. You don't have to worry about evolve. And like, if there's enough, if you just want to be an alternative, then you have to have something for people to turn away from. You know what I mean? If if counter programming is your business model, then you should welcome WWE sending um, evolve or like not even WWE sending evolve because that show was scheduled before. AEW show was even announced. Like, you should, this should all be fine.
0: I, I just, I, I don't, to me, AEW was, again, a flawed show, but the overall presentation was really dope. Um, they definitely need work on stories, but I think if, if WWE plans on treating them like the competition for their little sisters of the poor evolve, that I, that, I, I would love to see the numbers of who tuned in to evolve on the network and who t- tuned in to watch Fight for the Fallen on BR Live. Right. Um but we not- said
1: that though we said that AEW wasn't going to be WWE's competition, but we never said they were going to be with Evolve either. I think we mentioned you know NXT, excuse me, Ring of Honor, um, New Japan, and at and- least as it relates to Ring of Honor and New Japan. Those are the companies that, A, should be worried, and we're seeing right now just how much they should be worried because New Japan had two shows this weekend, and we didn't watch either one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, New Japan's the one show that generally production values about on the same level as AEW or close to it. Right. Um, it, it passed Ring of Honor right away in terms yeah. of overall, overall feel and production value. But, well, listen, I might go ahead and say – I enjoyed extreme rules the most because I know all the characters and have a vested interest. I just didn't think, I mean, I don't know if you have the results in front of you, but like, match by match, I just, it's not extreme rules. That's been a problem for years. It's not an ex, it's not really extreme. Um, you have all these matches with no extreme stipulation. Barely any of the card is extreme. Um, there were there were things that were good about the main event even though i didn't ultimately like the end of it um there were good pieces about it um i really enjoyed the end of days to becky lynch
1: oh yeah i, I really popped for that
0: i think it would have been cool though if i i thought maybe there was a chance becky was going to jump in cuz a lot of time had passed and like Save Seth from at least one pin from Brock. I think that would have been awesome if she had like broken up the first pin, and then Brock turned around and kind of stared down Becky, and then Seth hits him from you know hits him from the blind side, and then ends up losing. But right. I also didn't understand why Seth was such a sitting duck. Like he was okay. He wasn't. He he wasn't that distraught. Um, and, and I also thought it was weird that when the match ended, Seth was just kind of sitting there upset. He didn't even go out to check on Becky. <laughs> right. Right. And, and also, we've seen End of Days, while it, it's a finishing move, it doesn't kill people. And it killed Becky. And to me, I don't know if that's the message you want to send that, like, she's so much weaker that her just simply being a woman and getting hit with End of Days means she's just out for the count. Um, I think that's a little, a little iffy as well. Um, it was, I'm glad the New Day won the titles. Um, I thought that was cool and I think it's a yeah, great Yeah, You move. got what
1: you wanted, right? They got all the, all the gold and we found out on Tuesday that it's white gold. I was like, uh, it's weird for you to say that when this is clearly a silvery. Oh, no, no. White,
0: I, I spotted white gold from miles away. Um, but yeah, I'm happy about that. Um, the Cesaro-Alistair match was cool. Um, you know, the women's match was not great. Nothing interesting happened with the, uh, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross story. They just sort of jobbed to Bailey. Um, so I didn't think that was really furthered in a great way. And we'll get more into the women's division because more unfolded on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but yeah, man, I just didn't... For a show that's supposed to be Extreme Rules, It just none of the show felt very extreme to me. And these cards are so damn long, dude. Four hours is yeah, a mean, long time.
1: I feel like you're being a little bit harsh, though, because or you're right. For a show that's supposed to be Extreme Rules, they did have a lot of matches where there weren't an extreme stipulation. But at the same time, too, with that No Holds Barred match, they got a little bit hardcore out there. I mean, Undertaker... He delivered. He performed in a way that I didn't think he could um, at this stage in his career. Is like he sort of reminded us that he could still go a little bit. Uh, yeah, why should... they still call him?
0: That that's a very good point. Let's talk about that for a second. Let me let me not be a negative Nancy. Um, upsides, I did enjoy the Undertaker match. Actually, I thought it was the perfect way to utilize him. I thought starting the show with it was a good mood, a good move because A, you don't want it to close the show because you have concerns about how Undertaker will deliver and you don't want a Philly crowd that's four hours into a show critiquing the Undertaker. Whereas you start the show with him, they're super excited, they're not bored, tired, any of those things. And then, you know, Undertaker delivers a pretty good match. I mean, he, with the exception of, at the end, almost botching the tombstone. Um
1: Even that, though, I think they recovered a little bit well because the way, like, the look he gave Shane made it look like, you know, he was trying to run. Like, he shook his head, like, nah, it's not going down like that, and then snatched him up.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, do you think they're trying to do too much with Undertaker to have him take, like, he split his back open on the Shane elbow you wonder if that spot should be Roman and not Undertaker.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. But I also think that they did that because even like Michael Cole at the end, you know, just being like, oh, who said the dead man was done? And then me at home raising my hand like, you know, I did. I think the point was to have him do these things and take these spots and participate, you know, in a, in a very active way to show to show people like, nah, I still got it. And to definitely wash off a little bit of the stench from that Goldberg match because that was terrible. And that was the match that really drove home what a lot of people, myself included, have been saying, which was just like, why do we need to see him in the first place? And then this is why, because if used correctly with the right talent around him, he can still, he can still do his part. To deliver a good match,
0: yeah, and there are so many people that you could still because the bottom line is when the Undertaker is involved, that is the attraction. And I will say one thing: defending the Undertaker of all the unretirements we've had. Remember, the Undertaker never retired. He left his stuff out there in the ring, and it felt like a retirement. But we. I mean, they also the made time. thank
1: you, thank you, Taker shirts. True. Like commemorated his whole career. So he never said the words.
0: But he never did done. it. And I mean, if if this was a real entertainment company and it felt like someone's at the end of the line, you could or a real sports company, you could make shirts like that. And he could be like, I'm not retiring. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm just saying from a believability standpoint, it's not the same as, you know, if Flair had done matches in WWE after his retirement where he was retired, or Sean, who retired and came back and had a match. Um So now that doesn't mean that you have to want to see The Undertaker. He's not the same guy, and that's very clear. But if you are going to use him, and it's pretty clear, the rumor is he will be at SummerSlam. So now it's like he's just kind of back. There are people to use him with. Like, they keep trying to find spots for Dolph Ziggler. Dolph would be great for Undertaker. You think so? Absolutely. You want someone who uh, who's small enough for Undertaker to toss around, who is going to make it easy for him to do all of his stuff and who could be the cheap chicken-ish heel who's trying to cheat him and say that he wants to get rid of the Undertaker. I think Dolph would actually be a good uh, I think that's a good spot and you it, you don't need Undertaker's opponent to be a huge draw. Undertaker is the draw. Right. I'm just now, trying to I hate him. you on
1: that, but when, when you say Dolph, it's like, you know, and I say this with all respect due to Dolph, but like Dolph, Dolph is like a good candidate for catering. You say he's a good candidate for The Undertaker. He's just a good candidate for like backstage, out of the way, just let everybody else do their thing and handle it. They got it from here
0: because I, I, I
1: haven't been into what he's been doing lately.
0: No, I haven't particularly either, but I haven't had a problem with his in-ring work. Um, I don't know True. if you want to re- I don't know if you want to rely on him screaming. It should have been me over and over again. Um, but I just mean in terms of putting him in a match, like the problem is, yeah, you don't want him cutting weeks of promos. I don't know if that's what you want. Um, but you know, if Extreme Rules was as simple as Undertaker calling someone out, being like, "I will be at Extreme Rules and I'm going to call someone out." And someone's going to have a match with me, and he called and 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 under- and Dolph Ziggler just appeared. Um, I mean, it probably would have been time better spent than a five second job to KO, even though at that point, right before the match started, I said to my friend Brian Mann, I was like, yo, can we get a squash match? We need a squash. Yeah, no, that
1: was needed. That was needed so bad.
0: So I, I did, it, it, to make a long story short, I did, uh, I did enjoy the way Taker was used. I thought it was cool. Um, I, I can see them doing that more. I think tags are a great spot to use him, but if you're going to have a singles match with him, make it someone who he can really get up. You know, like, uh. you know, Shane, and, and by the way, Shane deserves credit as, as, as much as he's overused and, you know, all the things that they're sort of working into the KO storyline. Shane is a guy everybody hates who's good at getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird that a guy who's such a bad guy, still does these moves that are such babyface moves um you know coast to coast and that elbow which he can still hit well from the top turnbuckle those are moves that pop the crowd every time and he's supposed to be hated that part's a little weird um so but i do think he deserves credit for being a, a heel people want to see get beat up and being good at being beaten up so what else did you think was great about this all-wonderful pay-per-view?
1: Yeah, this this all-excellent pay-per-view. I mean, all-elite, I should say. Um, the tag team match. Mm. I mean, come on. Like, New Day is one of the best in the world. And Heavy Machinery, for as much as they get presented like a joke, and, um, you know, as much as they might have been an afterthought a little bit with this rivalry that Daniel Bryan was setting up with New Day... All three of those tag teams shined in a in a big way on Sunday night. And that match is definitely one of the highlights of the show. I mean, you have to say Daniel Bryan, when he got the tag team championships, his mission was to put the tag team titles on the map and make them feel special and feel important. And at least with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, you could say that they always were that because they went from the Usos to the New Day. You know, the bar had them for a second. They always felt like a big deal, but this match, even amongst the other matches, it they performed at a very high level. All six of those guys.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It was a good match. Um, and Biggie had a good week in general. Um, he he took he he did things in that tag match that I thought took a step towards him being capable as a solo guy to go on a run. Yeah. Um.
1: And Otis, too, for me, when he, when he did that spot. Where, where he, he pretended he was going to go like over the top move, rope. Like, yeah. And then he just went through the ropes. And just, I mean, that was, that was excellent. Like, he's, all of he's it. He's great.
0: He's the Chris Farley of WWE. He's great. Yeah, he is. Um, And, again, back to another idea where I think you'd benefit more from just bringing someone out rather than hyping it. They promoted Cesaro for a week. So, A, there's not a big story. The story was simply, someone needs to take my challenge. Okay, that person's Cesaro. Don't you think the crowd would have been more excited to see Cesaro if Aleister Black had said, I'm going to challenge someone, and Cesaro's music had just hit? I do. I think that would have been – you could have had the same match and um, and, and – and people would have been more excited to be surprised by Cesaro rather than a week of hype that wasn't really hype at all. No, I don't. I'm nitpicking, too. but. I mean, it was. They had a great match, but it was like I thought. I mean, the crowd, I don't know if anyone noticed this. Philly, you know, had the most lethargic, this is awesome chant I've ever heard. It was. <laughs> It was like they're like, we have to chant, this is awesome because we're Philadelphia and these are good wrestlers having a good wrestling match. This is awesome. But like, (laughs) even if it, even if it was awesome, the energy in the building didn't actually feel that way. And I don't think there's much that Alistair and Cesaro could have done about that. It's just the way, it's just the way that it was. I think Um, it didn't
1: feel that way because WWE threw so many bangers at them back to back to back. I mean, even like the, the kickoff show first match. You get Finn and Nakamura. um, And you get the Nakamura that people have been wanting to see since his NXT days, since his Japan days. You know, the the Nakamura they wanted when he became a bad guy. And as much as Philly gets his reputation as being the city and the home of hardcore wrestling and they play into that, I feel like Philly as a city just has an appreciation for wrestling in general. Um, Because you think about ECW and... That was that was the first time that all these different styles got showcased. You know, the super technical Malenko style of wrestling with the with the luchadors, with the Japanese strong style, all coming together. And then you had like the hardcore style for the people who couldn't really work but could, were willing to crash through a table. And um, that's the thing that takes hold as what defines their reputation as a wrestling city. But um, if you watch those old ECW shows. The crowd loved all of it. They just wanted the good wrestling.
0: Um, SG, we should talk about well, first of all, if you search um, let's see, cheap heat eventbrite. Let's try if that'll do it. I want to make it easy. Nope, that didn't seem easy. All right, what tickets about Peter are Peter f-
1: Rosenberg Eventbrite.
0: Yeah, maybe we try that. I want to give you guys the easiest Google to find it, but the tickets are for sale right now on Eventbrite. Um, we'll post it on our social media right away, but if you go to uh, Eventbrite and look, you will find tickets to our Cheap Heat um, pre-SummerSlam podcast. Um, there it is. You You named it. If you type in Peter Rosenberg Eventbrite, the first thing that comes up is WWE SummerSlam viewing party hosted by Peter Rosenberg Legends. Um although and this might just be for the No, of course. Perfect. This is just to go to the viewing party, not the podcast. Well done.
1: Good job, um. guys.
0: So also, I, have- I mean,
1: will I be there too? Well, can they can they say cheap heat? Special guests.
0: I I'll, I'll try to add your name to both. You are properly promoted on the Let's see if you go to the Eventbrite website and type in Cheap Heat. Let's see. This is this is off to a bad start. There it is. Okay, there it is. If you go to eventbrite.com, which is event b r i t e, eventbrite.com and just search Cheap Heat in New York, because um, it tells you to t- pick the event and the location. Then you will go to the page to buy tickets. Uh, join his Majesty Peter Rosenberg, and the physically strong Stack Eye Greg as they do Cheap Heat Live on SummerSlam Sunday. Come for the podcast and stick around for the WW SummerSlam pay-per-view presented by the Jobber Tears podcast. Doors open at 4.30. That's SummerSlam Sunday. Go buy your tickets right now. It's not a lot. There aren't a lot of seats. It's a small room. So go buy your tickets today. Make us look mage um, and come celebrate SummerSlam with us as we do a live podcast. So it is up there on Eventbrite.com. Okay, okay.
1: And like SGG, you said, we'll post it on social for the people that are not on social, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah. ask that guy, Greg, at Rosenberg Radio.
0: Yeah, there you go. On, on Twitter and Instagram, It'll they'll, they'll be in both places. Um, all right, SGG, big takeaways from the week after uh, Extreme Rules.
1: Have to say, I'm going to start with a negative. I'm a little disappointed with the direction of the Raw Women's Championship. Um Natalia earned a title shot on Monday. So it'll be Natalia versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. And I feel like that could have gone to Naomi.
0: Um Yeah, I mean it seems like listen, I think Natalia and Becky will have a great match, but it seems like when they and I'm happy that Natalia's getting the slot but it just seems like that when they don't have anything for the division they go back to Natalia
1: yeah and this one also feels like instead of doing something new and fresh with the division slash for the division they go to Natalia to pop Canada and uh I like I said I would have just rather see Naomi in that spot
0: um. Yeah. No. No. I, I hear that 100. percent. Um. I, I'm fine with it. I actually. The the more the weirder. Listen. They'll have a good match. Imma- they'll have a good match, and I think they'll actually have a good build to it. So I, I do think in the end, Becky and Natalia makes more sense for a match. Um. Just style wise than Becky and Naomi. Um. But I do think it's a little bit basic. Um. So. I'll say one other thing I thought was, I'm sure you liked it, but I don't know. Um, I don't understand Cedric Alexander beating Drew McIntyre out of nowhere. Like, and it, it's cool for Cedric Alexander, and I'm glad that Cedric Alexander is having a moment. Um, I just think the position you have Drew McIntyre in, how does he ever get taken seriously? How is Drew McIntyre ever that guy? If 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 he can't win in pay-per-views, he gets beaten by Cedric Alexander on TV, when does Drew McIntyre just come out and kick someone's ass? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I, I agree. In terms of what this means for Drew McIntyre, I agree with you. It's like it's a nonsensical thing. Um he doesn't he, he no longer looks like this badass. Cause just remember, to end the year and like going into WrestleMania when Roman returned. He was like on a tear. He was destroying everybody. He 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 obliterated Dolph, and then he suddenly becomes Shane McMahon's henchman, where none of the things that made him a good a good heater apply anymore. But in terms of what it means for Cedric Alexander, and of course you know his place on the Black Power rankings, this is huge.
0: Yeah, I know, I agree with that. It's, it's, it's a nice moment for Cedric Alexander. It's a couple weeks in a row where he gets a nice moment. So I'm all for that for Cedric. Um, I just think, I don't see what, how you're gonna make this guy, how, you wanna keep trotting out Drew McIntyre as this almighty foe, and he can't beat anyone. He's gotta win sometime. Some, you do have to win some matches. You know, like, yeah, we always talk about it doesn't matter if AJ wins or loses, if Shane wins or loses. But Drew McIntyre has never gotten to the place he's supposed to be at.
1: Right. And, you know, the difference between those characters, like they can they can stand to take losses because they're not presented as unstoppable badasses. Like you can't tell me Drew McIntyre is an unstoppable badass when I watch him get stopped on a weekly basis.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know where I don't know where you go there. I just don't know what you do and how he becomes that guy. Also before we move on uh, Greg I meant to say go check out it's fantastic the latest episode of the MMA Reporters it's out right now it's every Wednesday Ariel Helwani welcomes the biggest reporters in martial arts to break down the latest in UFC a lot of news this week with Maz Vidal and Dana White and Conor McGregor in prospective fight there go check it out you can find Ariel Helwani's MMA Reporters wherever you get your podcast also the the girls had a rough match on Monday night Um, that match you talked about a few minutes ago, we didn't talk about how much the crowd in Long Island, on Long Island, turned on the the girls.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it was going all right, but then it just felt like it dragged on. uh, And it it
0: wasn't like I thought that they did anything particularly wrong. It just... It didn't tell the... It didn't tell a story. Yeah. It, It just seemed sort of random, and... And let's just be honest, I really still think fans you know, I think fans to a certain degree hold the girls to a different standard and are quicker to turn on them. I do think that.
1: Absolutely. Um especially when when you think about like Alexa Bliss, right? And the juxtaposition of her like in that feud with Bailey and the build up to that and everything she did with Nikki Cross, she was pretty much flawless. She had the crowd eating out the palm of her head. She executed everything she had to do to get people interested to no acclaim, really, besides, you know, us here. And then on Monday, because she locks in a chin lock, arrest hold, which has a place in wrestling. I'm sorry to shock the fans who feel like they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, it has a place in in the sport she gets poo-pooed on and then the narrative goes right back to Alexa Bliss can't wrestle when it's like, it just wiped the slate clean of everything that she was doing in the months since she's been back. And we've been begging her to come back because they didn't have her wrestling and all we wanted to see was her in the ring.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what it is that, I mean, listen, I don't think that the booking has done Alexa Bliss many favors. You know, I think the story with Nikki Cross, there is something there, but I don't think it's something that gets anyone particularly excited. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's fully invested in that story. I don't think anyone care. Honestly, I don't think anyone really cares about Nikki Cross right now. And I don't think that helps Alexa Bliss. And now Alexa Bliss is... Maybe she'll get a match against Nikki Cross on SummerSlam. My guess is it would end up being kickoff show because you're already going to have both women's titles on the line. Will they have three? I mean, Alexa Bliss shouldn't be on kickoff show, but she could be. I mean, hell, you want to defend that they had Nakamura win the title from Finn Balor on the kickoff show? Like, they I don't understand that.
1: Listen, it was a stacked card. And the kickoff show, I mean... We as fans see it as sort of an afterthought. It's not the main show. There is some separation there. I don't especially, even think, especially
0: especially without the mage one.
1: Yeah, of course. Like <clears throat> when they when they lost you, I mean, it's just it's just a pre-show. It's this this it just is what it is. It's just a something for the fans who decide to trickle in early. It's the it's the yeah, Blue it's, it, it went, special. It's
0: no longer a kickoff show. It's it's just a pre-show now. Now it's yeah, back it's, to being a pre-show. It's not a kickoff show. Nothing's being kicked anymore.
1: It's just a blue plate special. It's just there for the senior citizens and the, the early birds. That's burns. right.
0: Exactly. But um, so,
1: they gave yeah. them something, which I, I can understand why you want that show to feel special. Um, they've certainly given away their, their fair share of good matches on the, on the kickoff show throughout the history. You think about that Usos New Day match that kicked off SummerSlam a few years back oh so no no, no.
0: yeah that's true that's true um but I just don't know that they'd have room for Alexa bliss on the main card so now you have Alexa bliss sort of because of this story and not being in the title picture now you're just she's sort of just gonna slide and that would be that is a character you really don't want to damage you know she yeah. is someone who over time sustained being over with the crowd for a very long time
1: without ever stepping foot in the ring.
0: And, and she doesn't even have to be in the ring. But also, I wonder if they hurt her by continuously doing bad segments of a moment of bliss. You know, it was so repetitive over and over and over again. Um,
1: I, I don't think so. I think because she, she's so good at using any interest to fuel her agenda. So, like, if they boo a little bit, she picks up on it and she takes it. Like, she's really someone who who thrives off of the energy of the crowd. like And it, this is any energy. Bad energy doesn't throw her off. Positive energy just launches her into a, a different stratosphere. So as long as, even if we were a little bit annoyed with Moment of Bliss, it was just enough to give her something to take to keep her on our minds and ultimately keep us interested in her. Like I, um, I really don't think there's anything that she that can be done. Like to you know, barring retirement and her just completely stepping away from WWE, Alexa Bliss is going to be in the upper level forever, and that's just I, how I, it is.
0: I, I, I hope, and I hope you're right, and I, I I think you should be right. Let's just hope that you know we don't keep her around too long in a storyline that people do not care care about. And now, I mean, listen, I guess you need to separate her enough from the title. Cause, like, at some point, obviously, I imagine her and Becky, while Becky has the title, will have their moment.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it should have happened already. But at the same time, you know, with them building up the division, I think, I, I, I think when it happens, it's going to be, it's going to be like just a wow factor of a feud because. You know, Alexa Bliss, despite what people may think, she's in rare air in terms of uh, ringability. Um, and same thing on the mic. She, if she's not Becky's equal, she's just a slight cut above on the mic. And so that feud will be something that everybody's going to have their eyes on.
0: And I think you're right. I think SummerSlam would have been what made sense. You know, you're now we're having a random Natalia Becky story out of nowhere, where Natalia just ends up knocking her for being saying she's a bad lover, which was so, which was a weird. I just know they forced that line on Natalia. That's just not her.
1: Yeah, they, they misread what they. I think that's them misreading what we're saying about, you know, and I mean we as like the WWE universe, the fans about Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch's chemistry. It's nothing to do with. It's not a statement on either one of them as lovers. It's a statement on how WWE has presented them as a couple. And that's all yeah. it is. So.
0: Yeah, and doing it so, so quickly. Um, but yeah, I would have enjoyed seeing Bliss in a different spot for, for SummerSlam. Um, this was a crazy week. Next week will be a little bit easier. We'll do a nice elongated mailbag. Greg, let's do something. Hold on. I have something here for you. It's a gift. I think you'll be very excited about it. Um, it's, it's something I know you enjoy. Oh my gosh, I, this my day today has not been easy. This is not how you're supposed to be getting to an important moment of the show. <laughs> you know what?
1: No, the anticipation is I building. Though. Uh-huh. That's this is this is how you want to do it. It's not happening on. The- on uh, the the timing that we had expected you're hurting now, me you're well, hurting
0: me <laughs> that's how i feel that's how i feel right now um so next week we will be back with a nice full elongated um everything when it comes to the show there we go goodness gracious that was hard
1: I'm black y'all and I'm black y'all and I'm blacker than black and I'm black y'all and I'm black y'all and I'm black y'all and I'm blacker than black and I'm black y'all I'm blue black blacker than black black I'm blacker than black yo because I'm black and I'm black yo. I'm black and I'm black y'all
0: and I'm blacker than black all right SGG what do you got
1: In a number three I'm gonna go with Cedric Alexander um off fresh first of his performance as Gary the goat gar butt last week he came back Drew McIntyre thought he was going to get some revenge, but it wasn't meant to be because Cedric Alexander, he still got it. And he rolled up Drew for the win on Monday. So he's coming in at number three. In at number two, I'm going with Naomi. Um, I really enjoyed her performance. And she proved why she still is among the best females on the roster, even though she didn't get the opportunity to go on the SummerSlam and uh, have a feud with Becky she still showed that she can perform and be relied on to help carry the division. Hopefully she gets that shot down the road.
0: I think she will, by the way, but we'll, we'll see.
1: I think so too. She definitely deserves it. I mean, she did, she did justice as the women's champion on SmackDown. So we'll see if they trust her back at the mountaintop. But for right now, she's coming in at number two on this week's black power rankings. And in a number one, all gold, everything, uh, the new day, Kofi retaining his championship, um, Biggie and Xavier picking up new championships, pinning the the SmackDown tag team champions, leaving no no room to say, um, you know, that they don't deserve it. Like completely shutting the door on Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, and now the three of them just walking around with all the gold on SmackDown. I mean, it's hard to hate that
0: very very well said s u g you can 't it has to be the new day right now, and i we didn 't get a lot into the future for them um, and Kofi, but we will do that next week and uh yeah it's very it 's going to be very interesting because you would think that if something's going to change with the new day, the last step might be them all having gold, um, but we shall see maybe it means them losing someone losing gold. Um, SGG I'm glad to hear You're physically well This week Everyone go to Eventbrite Search for uh, Peter Rosenberg Or Cheap Heat On Eventbrite And come Get some tickets And come hang out With us on SummerSlam Sunday SGG You do me a favor And enjoy yourself
1: And stay made HP
0: Take it easy man
1: It's professional Wrestling
0: In the corner to my left, the major Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to meet up and like, sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Red. is the greatest professional
1: wrestler in the history of the art form. m m